It's time for part two of toxic advice that you need to stop listening to right now. Bismillah, let's go. Welcome to the Live Inspired Podcast. My name is Zahida Mohammadi, and I am an emotional mastery and business mentor, boundaries expert, mom to two very special souls, and the founder of the Live Inspired Academy. If you are looking to upgrade your relationships, your business, and your life, and yourself, then this is the place for you. Nothing fires me up more than helping people overcome their limits, discover their gifts, reconnect to their authenticity, their natural fitra, the unique way that they connect to others and their creator so that they can bring those gifts into the world and live with purpose and passion. And that is what this podcast is all about. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of inspiration to help you connect to all the possibility and potential that exists within you. Here, you'll find all the tools, resources, strategies, and teachings that you need on your self-development journey. Thank you for choosing to be here. Let's get inspired. The advice that you take is powerful. The people that you take advice from are the people that have the most power over you. When you choose to take someone's advice, you choose to allow them to decide how you should see the world, what you should or shouldn't do, what you should or shouldn't pursue, what you are or are not capable of. You give a lot of power to someone when you take advice from them. So be extremely, extremely discerning about who you take advice from. Have a careful consideration process before you take advice from someone. You can absolutely love and care for and even respect someone, but not necessarily have to take all of their advice to heart or implement all of it. If it is not relevant to you and relevant to your value systems, then you don't have to take that advice. They are allowed to have an opinion, but it may not be relevant for you. And that is absolutely okay. So what is the second bit of advice that I think is completely toxic, well-meaning, I can understand where it comes from. And some of these advices sometimes have had some level of merit, but over time they have become misunderstood and distorted and kind of can lead to a lot of toxic dysfunction. And it's the advice of um, just make sabr and look over everything in your marriage. Now, I'm as, am I saying that you have to make an issue out of everything in your marriage? Not at all. But when you take this advice extremely literally and you apply it to every single situation, it is going to cause so much resentment and such a buildup of frustration between you and your partner. If you are never ever being honest about how you feel when something bothers you about something your partner does or doesn't do and you don't actually address it, it's going to cause major problems between the two of you because you might just squash it down and say, okay, okay, I'm going to overlook it and I'm not going to say anything and I don't want to be difficult. But guess what? The next time it happens, you feel triggered again and the next time and the next time. And one day when you are not feeling that great or there has been a buildup of things or if you're already stressed out and there are other issues going on, when your partner does or says that thing and that issue comes up again, you are going to snap. And let me tell you, when you do snap, you're not going to be very nice in how you say it. You're going to now say, okay, well, now I'm going to say something. Now I've had enough. You're going to be triggered. 
you're going to communicate from your ego and then your partner is going to be triggered. Now, both of you are triggered. What happens next? Well, we all know what happens next. A fight breaks out. You say things that you regret. He says things that you regret. She says things that she regrets. You hurt each other. And afterwards, you just think to yourself, man, this is why everyone says just leave things. Just don't say anything. Just overlook it. There's no point in bringing it up because it just makes things worse. And it becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, let me just tell you, the reason that you had a fight is not because you communicated your issue. It's because of how and when you communicated your issue. You waited until you had such a buildup of frustration or hurt or bitterness or resentment that when you communicated it, you communicated it with that kind of energy, with that kind of emotional, from that kind of emotional space. And then your partner felt attacked. And then, of course, your partner goes on the defensive. Of course, your partner is not going to hear what you are actually saying. All they can see is, hey, my spouse is attacking me right now. I don't know where this came from. And so there's no space for you to hear each other or to communicate effectively. It's not your communication that's a problem. It's the way that you are communicating. It's your timing. It's the energetic space that you are communicating from. So instead of always trying to shove issues under the carpet and saying, oh, marriage means you know, just making sabar. And when I say make sabar, it's that dysfunctional way of looking at sabar of just like, oh, you know, just leaving things to fester and not addressing anything and letting issues build up. And then one day it blows up and then you say, sorry. And then that pattern keeps happening over and over. And that resentment keeps building, that hurt keeps building. And what happens over time, especially if you are a woman, what happens over time is that you build up a wall. You build up a wall between you and your partner. You become more and more disconnected. And that affects how you perceive your partner. It affects how close you feel to your partner, it affects intimacy, it affects every single aspect of your marriage. So instead of following this toxic advice of, you know, just shove everything under the carpet and never address it, rather focus on learning how to, number one, handle your emotions, process your emotions, emotionally regulate when you feel triggered by something your partner does. And then once you have worked through that and you have a better idea of where you're at, because working through it means you will gain the self-awareness to understand, okay, this about my trigger, this part was about me and that part was about my partner. Now, how do I need to approach them? Then from that grounded place, communicate to your partner. Let them know, hey, this is what is happening. This is what's coming up for me. And then you will find that your partner will be much more receptive. Even if your partner is not immediately receptive, you will be grounded enough to say, hey, you know what? It's okay. Take some time to think over this and come back to me on it. And you will find that by doing this over time, you kind of work on the backlog of issues that you have. And that wall that might have come up between your partner and you, that wall of unresolved hurts, and resentment and bitterness, slowly but surely, parts of it start to dissolve. And as that wall starts to come down and become, you know, thinner and thinner or smaller and smaller, you will find yourself becoming more and more connected to your partner, feeling more and more safe with your partner. And that, subhanAllah, is the most amazing, amazing feeling. But it is going to require work. 
We often hear marriage requires work and we think, okay, that work must be that I just do everything my partner says, when they say it, how they say it. And then if I feel any type of way about it, I must just squash that down and make sabar. No, that is a recipe for big resentment. That is a recipe for a completely dysfunctional marriage. When I'm talking about work, I'm talking about the internal work, the internal work of gaining self-awareness, of being aware of your emotions, of having the ability to regulate your emotions, of having the ability to regulate your nervous system, having the ability to manage your triggers, to recognize them, to process them, to work through them, and then, and then communicate with your partner. Life-changing. Absolutely life-changing, subhanAllah. If you want to learn these skills, then you know that I am teaching it starting next week in Handle Your Emotions. This is your last chance. This is your last chance to join this live round. And let me tell you, when I am looking at, subhanAllah, mashallah, I'm so grateful for how amazingly this program has come together. This is your last chance to join the live round. And you can still join the live round. Uh, You can still join the for the replay or or the program of self-study later on. But if you want to be part of the live round, this is a really good time to jump in. Inshallah, I cannot wait to see you in there. I cannot wait to facilitate you through it. You are going to learn these skills and so much more. It's going to be, if you struggle with your emotions, if you struggle with anxiety, if you struggle with your triggers, this is going to be such a valuable process for you. And I cannot wait to hold space for you in that. Till next time, stay inspired. Today's topic is based on your vote. I put a Q&A sticker, an anonymous one, on my Instagram stories. And I asked you guys to share, you know, to ask any question that you want to. And I would be choosing the top three. So for the third question, the other two have already been answered on my Instagram stories. So make sure you are keeping up to date with that. And the third one, I am now answering here. And the question that came through and that was most popularly voted by you guys was what do you do when someone opens up to you and you are triggered but what by what they are saying especially if it's something that could later affect your relationship how do you hold space for them and also let yourself be heard this is such an important question and i think it pertains to all relationships the ones that it really pertains to i would say are marriages any kind of intimate relationship, but also relationships with your children or your siblings. So generally, this is going to show up for relationships where there's, it feels like there's a lot at stake. Your emotions are very entangled and it is normal to be emotionally entangled sometimes with the people that are close to us, right? So how do we deal with it? There's a several, there are several factors to look at here. The first is, having the skills to navigate your own emotions and hold space for your own emotions. Something that you will hear me saying time and time again through my programs is the more you are able to hold space for your own emotions, the more you are able to navigate your own emotions, the more comfortable you become with holding the space for other people. If you are constantly judging your own emotions, if you're constantly shaming yourself for feeling a certain way, then when someone else opens up to you and says, hey, I'm feeling a certain way, I'm feeling afraid, or I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling grief, I'm feeling sadness, just by them hearing that you are going to get triggered because you don't have the capacity to hold space for that. The first step is 
you learning to hold space for your own emotions. How comfortable are you with your own emotions? How comfortable are you with your anger? Do you know how to navigate your anger? Do you know how to navigate when you feel embarrassed or ashamed? Do you know how to navigate your sadness or grief? The more your emotional capacity grows, the better you will get at holding space for other people's emotions. And this is something that comes with number one, the skills, which I teach in my programs. Number two, practice of the skills. And over time, you just develop that more and more. Now, let's just say you are practicing these skills and you still hear something. For example, your partner says something and it triggers you. But at the same time, you're like, I really want to hear them out. And you don't want your trigger or your emotions in that moment to get the better of you and stop you from listening to them. What do you do? The first is to admit to yourself that you are triggered. So recognize, hey, I'm triggered right now. That's okay. You are human. (laughs) You are going to get triggered. You are allowed to get triggered. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to take action on every trigger. But getting triggered in and of itself is not wrong or doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't mean that there's something bad about you inherently. Okay? So that's the first thing. And sometimes just admitting that to ourselves that, hey, I'm triggered right now. And that's okay. That does not define me as a person. In and of itself can take a lot of pressure off you because suddenly suddenly you can just kind of breathe and go, ah, okay, so I'm triggered. Now what? The second thing is take note of what is triggering you in what they're saying. So what is happening right now? If the person is abusing you and insulting you and being derogatory towards you, and I think we need to use these terms very carefully. When I say insulting you, being derogatory to you, I mean that in the sense that they are, you know, <clears throat> They are not saying things that are just hurtful because sometimes someone can say something that feels hurtful to you, but is not necessarily derogatory or insulting, okay? So, you know, um, I mean it when like they're now shouting at you, they're hurling insults at you, they're swearing at you. Are you triggered by that? In which case you need to draw, if, if that's the case, you need to then draw a boundary, Draw a boundary in that instance and say, hey, it's not okay to speak to me this way. I want to have this conversation with you. I want to hear you out. I want to hear what you have to say. I care about you and I care about this relationship. But I also know that I can only engage with you in this conversation if there is mutual respect. Now, I am committed to not shouting at you and not using derogatory language towards you. I need you to do the same. And if you can't, then I need to disengage from this conversation And when you are ready to engage with me respectfully, without shouting, without using derogatory language, then I am happy to engage with you. And this would be a beautiful way of respectfully setting a boundary about what is okay in this scenario. Now, what happens if they are saying things, this person that you care about is saying things to you that are not derogatory, not insulting, not raising their voices, but it still triggers you. That can still happen. So something they might say, they might say something that tell you or reveal to you that they're not happy about something that's happening in the relationship. Or maybe they're thinking, you know, they want to take the relationship in a different direction. Something that they are saying is bringing up stuff in you. What do you do? Check in with yourself. You know your capacity at that point. And our capacity changes, grows, and evolves as we engage in inner work. So if I have to look at my members in Boundaries Revolution, for instance, when they start off, their capacity for holding space, 
for hearing out their loved ones when when the loved ones are triggered or navigating their triggers is very very limited when they first start and then soon into the program it starts growing and by the end of the program within a couple of months alhamdulillah the same members now have this expansive capacity and they'll come back and say I, i can't believe it like i felt triggered but i navigated it with such ease and navigated it in a way that just felt so good to me right so they recognize their triggers but they know how to navigate it so your capacity for this will grow as your skill sets for this grows so you need to check in with yourself where am i at with this how am i handling this trigger can i can i continue listening to this without now exploding at this person without being without being reactive or do i need to tell this person hey okay i've heard you and i need to process all of this i need some time to process so if you feel like you are not you know you you you've reached a capacity communicate to this person this is where you are now setting a boundary with yourself if you can feel yourself going into the territory where you're going to get reactive you need to set a boundary with yourself of okay i need to disengage from this and this is not stonewalling this is you being responsible as long as you are communicate if you just storm out of there in a huff then yes that's not healthy but if you say to this person if you if you communicate to them honestly and say okay i'm hearing a lot of things I need time to process it. Can we come back to this? I'd like to come back to this. You're allowed to do that. I wouldn't suggest at this point starting to share with them what's triggering you and why it's triggering you because you you probably don't have the capacity yet to engage on that without being reactive because you're going to say something, they're going to say something and then it's going to turn into something else, okay? Then when you've taken that space you've taken that space and you're saying okay i'm going to process it this is when you sit with yourself you sit with the emotions what am i feeling what's coming up for me what parts of this triggered me how much of this is about me what do i want to do in this instance if anything at all do i need certain clarity maybe they said certain things and your brain is making a conclusion or making a meaning about it but you're not entirely sure you're like they said this sentence and this is what i think it means to me but is that really what they meant do i need to go back and clarify so take some time to kind of think about what was said and how you felt about it i teach these skills in my programs boundaries evolution as well as handle your emotions i take you through the step by step process of what you need to implement at each of these stages and how you need to somatically process the emotions that are coming up i hate to break it to you but the emotions that you are feeling around your trigger cannot be processed through thought alone they need to be processed on a somatic body level and this is what we do this is the somatic sp- somatic spiritual experience you have in handle your emotions alhamdulillah so this is where you take time you gather yourself you figure out what's going on internally i think a big reason why people find it difficult to hold space for other people is that we don't have the skill sometimes to practice what's called interception and interception is being aware of what is going on within me internally and how do i need to navigate that before i respond to the other person so we skip that step and we start reacting to the other person because we know we don't feel good in this moment i feel triggered and i want to sort that out and i don't want to feel this way so let me react to this person and try and change what they feel or what they are saying or the opinion of me so i can feel better and you can see how dysfunctional this can become so taking that time to reflect go inwards figure out 
Holding space for yourself is really the biggest step to holding space for someone else when what they are saying is triggering you. I hope that you have found this helpful. Feel free to share this episode with anyone that you think could benefit from it. Till next time, stay inspired.